Hey there, I'm Marjorie Stiegler, and you're listening to the Career Prescription Podcast, where we tackle the important things they don't teach you in medical school, like how to treat your career like the business it really is, with strategies to accelerate the kind of success that you want, because you deserve a career you love and a career that loves you back. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back. Today we're going to be answering a very, very common question, which is what options are open to me in my specialty? So I'd love to fill in the blank there because I do get um, messages all the time from people saying, you know, I'm a pediatrician, what options are open to me? Or I'm a neurologist, what options are open to me? So from generalists and specialists, people will always uh, ask what kinds of leadership or non-clinical career opportunities are available to them based on their specialty. And I guess a permutation of this is also, you know, what opportunities are available to me if I didn't complete my residency or, you know, if I completed residency, but I haven't practiced or if I've practiced, but I've been out of the workforce for a while, haven't practiced in some time uh, or very often, you know, I'm licensed to practice in another country, but now I live in the United States and I don't want to go back, you know, and, and do residency here. What options are open to me? Uh, so all, all, all kinds of people asking, you know, sort of based on their history or their current specialty focus, what non-clinical or leadership options are available to them in their careers? I'm going to tackle that today. You know, normally I like to ask a specific question from a specific person, but this one is just far, far too common to do that. So. The answer to this question is both very short and simple and also really extensive, you know, really exhaustive. So I'm going to focus today on the short, simple answer. Definitely there are, I mean, there's there's much more uh, to it, just like anything on this, on this podcast. And um, I have additional resources for you that I'll put in the show notes where you can dig more deeply into some of the answers that you'll hear today. But if this is a question that's been on your mind, I think it's so important for you to hear first and foremost, the short answer to your question. And from a really broad perspective, there's sort of two uh, buckets, if you will, two ways of looking at the answer to this question. One is from a really practical point of view, and the other one is a little bit of a philosophical or mindset point of view. So again, giving that that quick answer to your question, but I'm going to touch on both of these here today. So from a practical point of view, how can you find out what non-clinical or leadership options are open to you if you want to work, you know, as a physician using the the training and the education that you have, but not in a clinical setting taking care of patients one-on-one anymore? What are the options that are open to you? So one very Um, easy and practical way to begin to answer that question is to just pay a lot of attention in your day-to-day work now as to what other folks you interact with. So some of them will be other physicians, perhaps in your own department or your practice, who are in some type of leadership role that gets uh, them more focused on administration and and leadership and management uh, rather than on direct patient care. So whatever it is that those people do, Those are some options that are open to you as well. Then you have to think about people that you might interact with uh, directly who are 
you know, part of the work that you do, but are not physicians. And of course, you know, if you think about other other clinical work, right? Like there are all kinds of non-physician clinicians, including nurses, techs, and, and, and many other folks. Uh, I'm not specifically talking about their roles, but I'm thinking about uh, areas where you might interface, for example, with medical device professionals or with pharmaceutical professionals, um, with other administrative professionals, perhaps with uh, billing and electronic medical record or utilization type professionals, or when you think about quality or patient safety work. So I'm, I'm really thinking of some, I guess, that are from my own lens as an anesthesiologist. We obviously do quite a bit with medical device and with medicines um, and with technology. And there's a lot of uh, EMR and a lot of talk across many specialties. There is quite a bit of administrative work to keep uh, all of the places where anesthesiologists are needed in the hospital, not just the ORs, but the codes and the ERs and the procedure uh, areas. And of course, the ICU, the recovery room and all that, thinking about the administrative work that's done there. And then um, anesthesiologists very often are leaders on quality and safety, not just for committees within their own department, but maybe within the hospital and possibly even in the C-suite, right? So as I'm thinking, those are just some examples from my own uh, life, but but you can do this for yourself as well. If you are interacting with somebody for which you are the end user, right, then, then you are a subject matter expert and you might well be able to work in that type of industry. So when you think about, you know, the anesthesiologists using all of the different machines, um, pumps and, you know, the anesthesia machine, the ventilator, uh, the, all the various monitors, all the ways of delivering medications, all of those medications, things like ultrasounds and, and echo probes, all of those uh, pieces of equipment uh, are parts of an entire industry that a person could look to to say, well, what if I wanted to work in there? What kinds of jobs for physicians or other leaders happen in those various industries? So that's a way to kind of cast a wide net and see, you know, what are some of the options for which even if you don't have any business experience or direct industry experience, you would be coming to the table with some subject matter expertise. And if you are a key part of the sort of end user of any of those medicines or processes um, or devices, then you uh, bring a really important understanding to the table for those types of companies and industries. So that's an easy way to identify a lot of possibilities. I don't know if those appeal to you or not. And again, it's really kind of just the tip of the iceberg, but that's a quick, practical way to look around quickly and say, you know, where can I bring some value for which I already actually do have something to, to bring to the table that would be attractive? Now, it's important to mention that not all clinical roles, or rather not all non-clinical roles, require you to have that same clinical subject matter expertise. In fact, you know, many of them do not, which is why um, we need to shift into the, the second big bucket, really, which is um, more of that philosophical or mindset shift, which is to stop thinking about, you know, what options are open to me. That sort of sounds like you're coming from a space of limitation. Like you believe that you have been sort of so specialized down into this teeny tiny box that you're wondering what's available to you from the lens of that teeny tiny box. But in, in fact, that's not the case at all. I mean, for one thing, you have a lot of value and talent and demonstrated ability uh, to lead and to learn and to work with others and to teach and to cr think critically and all of that just by being a physician at, in general, regardless of your specialty and regardless of what you do uh, today. 
And that's really very valuable to many, many employers, many, many types of work. So stop thinking of yourself from that sort of specialist or however you identify yourself in your clinical role and start to think more broadly about yourself as a physician. And also think about all of the talents and skills and knowledge that you have outside of your physician role. And I don't necessarily mean having another degree or any formal training. You may or may not have that. I personally don't think you need that uh, to to segue into many, many non-clinical leadership roles. But stop thinking about yourself as, you know, what are the options that are open to me as a radiologist, for example, and instead think about, you know, what are uh, physician jobs, right? Because you don't have to necessarily Many of them don't require a specific clinical expertise is what I'm trying to say to you. Um, now, some do, right? There are some that that quite specifically, although they're non-clinical, they might be done remotely, they really do specifically require you to perhaps even have an active medical license and for you to have subject matter expertise because what you're doing is directly relevant to current clinical practice. And in that case, then, you know, that specific type of job does require you to have a certain amount of clinical subject matter expertise. It's perhaps still not impossible to transition there, but much of the work that's available to you does not require that. So it's a really, really important mindset shift to stop thinking about yourself as that specialist and start thinking about yourself as that physician with all of those demonstrated competencies around leadership and learning and teamwork and teaching and understanding and translating science. And having a really solid lens on, you know, what else is needed, right? What are the gaps? What's needed in the healthcare delivery that isn't there now? You know, what would you improve upon if you could? And maybe that's an area where you would look then to be able to contribute in a non-clinical or leadership role that really doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with your specialty. One example, I myself am an anesthesiologist by training, but when I transitioned into my pharma role, I was working in a therapeutic area that had nothing to do with anesthesia specifically, and I've continued to move around within pharma in a variety of different therapeutic areas because it's not specifically what I am hired for. I am hired for the value that I bring as a physician, but not for that clinical expertise that's sort of narrowly tied to my to my training and to my specialty focus. When you think about the clinicians who occupy the leadership roles, and I mean the high ones, the C-suite level leadership roles in the medical school or in the healthcare enterprise in which you work, realize that most of those physicians, what they're doing in their day job now has nothing to do with their clinical training, right? Nobody's asking them when they interviewed for or were selected for those types of roles whether they were, you know, a, a internal medicine doc or whether they were a cardiologist or that kind of thing is just not not relevant at that point. So it, it's really not relevant for you either. Now, I'm picking the things that are sort of most visible. You can just look up, you know, who is the CEO, the CMO, that kind of thing in some major organizations. And maybe you can get a sense for the fact that their clinical training doesn't have anything to do with anything. But this is true for non-clinical leadership roles all the way up the ladder. So those might be the most visible examples. That might not be at all what you aspire to do, and that's fine, but it's a, it's an easy and concrete, I hope, way for you to understand that you don't need to think about your options from the point of view of your specialty. Now, because this is su- such an important topic and I get asked about it all the time, I am planning to do another series, a, a future series 
of podcast episodes in which I'm really going to talk specifically about a lot of the different options that there are. Because I know a lot of people starting from square one, they know they want to do something different, but they really don't have any idea what that might be. And they um, they need someone to kind of crack open all of the options. You know, here's 20 things you could do, 50 things you could do, ways to make a difference using your education and training and your degree um, that are not clinical. So I'm going to be doing that. Please do subscribe to this podcast so that you uh, that you get those episodes and don't miss any of them. And if you're sort of out of the curiosity phase, but sort of in the committed phase, you know you want to do something different with your career and you're ready to kind of you know roll up your sleeves and do some of the work around figuring that out, do come check out Industry Insider. I built this course from the perspective of, of med med tech and biopharma, but really it will, the lessons apply to everything, right? This is how you go about figuring out what kind of jobs are out there, what kind of skills they need, what kind of people you might know that are already in a position to help you, and then how to build your own resume and your own um, interview skills to be able to land those kind of jobs. So come check that out, Industry Insider, very, very practical. It will guide you through this exactly how uh, every step of the way. So I, I made this to help people just like you with this very same question. But for today, I hope this has given you a slightly different way of thinking about things that it's really not important for you to stay in a tiny box and say, what are the options that could be given to me as a physician in this specialty in this box, but instead, to kind of crack that open and say, where are the many, many, many places where I can add value, and I can bring something that is very, very strongly desired by many employers. And of course, you could do something yourself, you know, entrepreneurship is is for sure an option. But there are many, many employers in the healthcare industry, as well as in non healthcare opportunities where your skill and, and your demonstrated value and the type of thinking and leadership that you bring to the table as a physician is incredibly sought after. So I want you to stop thinking about yourself in that sort of narrow, you know, what options are open to me as a blank, and instead think much more broadly uh, from a place not of limitation, but endless opportunity, because really that is the short answer to your question, right? What options are open? All of them. Your options are absolutely endless. And I hope this has um, given you a different way of thinking about that. And I hope you will Stay tuned to this podcast as well as check the show notes where I'm going to give you some additional resources so that you can do sort of the the bigger answer, right? The longer answer to this question of what specific types of things you might go pursue, but you can absolutely do anything you want. It's got nothing to do with someone handing you a job based on your current clinical focus or based on your training or your area of specialty. That's just not at all what it's about. And as soon as you can break free from that and really get confident in knowing that the world is your oyster and you can do so many things, then you can start to take real action towards making that a reality. For now, you've got to just like bust through that wall and and understand that you are not limited in that way. There's so much open to you that has nothing to do. And so if you're going to be searching for things, right, if you're searching online and you are asking colleagues and friends and you're always sort of couching it in that way of what's open to me based on my experience in my clinical role or in my specific training or fellowship or whatever is your specialty, either by, you know, formal work or by just the practice that you've done over the years where you've kind of niched down, that that in and of itself might be limiting to you. 
to ask the question from that perspective. So stop doing that. Be in touch with me if you have more specific questions on this. Do not narrow your own thinking. Do not be in your own way. Um, Don't stand in the way of your own progress. It's a really important message that I know many, many of you need to hear. So until next time, really let that thought sink in. Bye for now. Before you go, please review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Your support makes all the difference, and it truly helps this information reach someone who may really need it. Until next time, thanks for listening.